So I wanted to let you know that you really inspired me, by the way. Because the other day when I went on my hike, uh, on Sunday when we were going to go on a hike, and I went alone, and I just kind of recorded that thing. Um, I don't know. I just got, like, I just got, like, really honest with myself and like recorded it and I haven't done it yet but I like really want to post it and just kind of embrace that vulnerability like we were talking about you should dude I'm here for it I'll listen to it I'll be your cheerleader bro perfect I'll send it to you because I know you won't ridicule me it was crazy because as soon as I um made it I like listened back to it and I'm like and I was like, I should just post it right now. Just do it. And then I just stopped myself. I'm like, what if everyone makes fun of me? <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. I'm not embracing my vulnerability. Good for you for recording, though, man. Yeah. You showed it to the table and you did it. Yeah. And you have it. I do have and it. And you can still post it. Yes. So I'm actually editing it so that it has uh, um, subtitles. Because you know, I started, like, crying a lot in it. And so you can barely hear what I'm even fucking saying. Fuck yeah, dude. Good for you, man. Hell yeah. I'm really excited to hear that. I'm really excited that you want to do podcasts with your other friends, too. Yeah, man. Sick as shit, dude. I I feel like my whole life, uh, or not my whole life, but like whenever I have these, you know, ideas or just fake debates in my head, I'm like, man, you still got to, you got to actually talk to people. You got to get input. You got to see where your uh, your ideas are wrong and uh, kind of fix them. Yeah. There's that, uh, that book, Fahrenheit 451, where I can't remember the exact quote, but he was like, he was talking about how it's better to share my ignorance and get beat from it than to hold my ignorance forever, you know? fucking preach <laughs> yeah so i feel like i just like really internalized that and tried to start talking to people and and i think in a podcast form where i can actually listen back to it how it actually is rather than just like replaying the moments that made me look good in my head <laughs> and then remembering the moments that made them look bad in my head uh it'll sort of be more objective and be and help me learn a lot more i think i agree it's been kind of nice listening back to just recordings of myself and I realize I want to change my speech I say like a lot <laughs> <laughs> I do too my it's fuck. hard not to it is very difficult not to isn't it it's really a filler word now I'm thinking about the word like too much yeah <laughs> but, and then like little ums and uhs and stuff like that yes. but I think the main thing that I was worried about the first time I recorded is just the like I wouldn't be coherent. Like, I wouldn't be saying stuff that was actually working together and making sense. But I think the fact that we were talking together and, like, you could give me feedback when it made sense or if you're like, wait, that doesn't make sense. It was – it's so helpful so that I'm actually carrying on a decent conversation. I agree with that. Same. Same. That's been something interesting to learn just – I don't know, like Joe Rogan talks about it all the time, about how conversation is like a skill that you just need to, you really have to practice it. It's so true. And grow it. Yes. The more that I've been communicating with people, the better I feel that I've become a speech. Oh, yeah. But I still have so much to learn. Oh, yeah. And like, 
there's always things to learn, obviously, but it, it really, I don't know, whenever there's people that are, I know people who are just like, like, oh, I just can't talk to people, I can't really communicate well, and so I just won't do it, it's like, well, you gotta do it in order to learn, right? <laughs> Yeah, for real, everything starts out in infancy, a lot of people don't understand that. Yeah, for real. They're so afraid to appear, like, incompetent, mm-hmm. it's like, bro. Everyone in history was incompetent at one point in their life. Yeah. They build a skill. Mozart. Motherfucker was incompetent at one point in the piano. Right? right? Like, yeah, he didn't plop out of his mom's vagina and able to play a fucking yeah, exactly. piano, right? <laughs> Granted, he had more talent than anybody else, but he tapped into it and then continued working at it, right? Yes. It's all about developing a relationship with the process. Hell yeah. <sighs> I've actually been wanting to pick your brain more about sort of the nature of of God. Um, I kept listening back to that part, and I felt like I really didn't grasp what you were trying to say. And and maybe, like, we were just having, like, sometimes it felt like a different conversation. Okay. But I feel like I've been uh, replaying a lot of what you said in my head, especially with, like, that hike on Sunday, you know, where I was just, like, feeling – so much emotion and it was really cool because at one point I just kind of like stopped like looked all around me and I was like holy shit like this is God like this is <laughs> everything hell yeah and like that kind of uh we are kind of when you said like we are reflections of the all or we are uh manifestations of the all I don't know it was cool to to really feel that Um, but I think what I've been noticing lately is how that idea can actually be kind of scary for people to like think that they're losing their individuality. Yeah. And like individuality is like subjective, right? Yeah. Like our whole identity is subjective Mm -hmm. and we have to. We live in a world where, like, drama is intertwined in, like, the fabric of reality because when we tell accounts of experience through stories. Yeah, we have to, right? We have to. And so, like, it would make sense. It's easier for us to comprehend past situations when we use it from subjective, kind of, like, dramatic terms. Yeah. And drama meaning stories. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just how we we process what has happened to us in a sense. Because mm. when we describe our experience, it's through linear time. Yeah. And so like when you're describing a past experience of like learning to ride a bike or something, it was you, right? Like you yeah. did that. You were the one that gained the skill to ride the bike. And so like I think it's just – how we process information and for humans we want we want things to be known we're like we're computers and we want to solve puzzles and it's easier for us to solve puzzles when we when we categorize things within the known and so it's easier for us to like i guess handle the fact that we're alive if we can put ourselves in into a framework of like this is who i am this is what has happened to me but when you realize that like 
all of those thoughts. Because like our thoughts, we can't control. They're just happenings. So just like the voices in your head, those voices aren't you. Like you identify with those voices and yeah. like you take because action. Because they're happening to me and I'm the one experiencing them. Exactly. However, like those those voices that you hear in your head, you, you, you have just as much control over that as you do hearing a bird like fucking – like sing a song right mm-hmm. like you like the same way the bird sings the song is the same way that you have voices in your head yeah you don't identify with the the, the bird singing the song right like that's not you but you identify with those voices in your head because it's like it's it, it like kind of makes sense right yeah. like it, it's not like something external it's internal and so you're like well this is me because it's internal yeah. however it's like it's not mm-hmm. like it's just a happening that's that's so why I, I like that description of it because the way that we do actually control those thoughts is when we decide to identify with them and ruminate on them, right? Yeah, when we start to continually narrativizing them and making them a part of our identity. um, It's so wild. But But when you realize that, like, your identity doesn't exist. Yeah. And the only thing that's actually here is, like, just the physical space, right? Like, our thoughts are real in a sense, but our thoughts aren't, like, physical reality like the only thing that actually exists is physical reality Mm -hmm. but like how we comprehend physical reality is through a subjective interpretation of that yeah because now we're like well this is where i'm at and i have to be and like when i say reflections of the all like i think everything is happening all at once like the all Mm -hmm. everything that could possibly ever happen is happening yeah and like so like we're just experiencing the collapse of linear time based around our experience in a sense so like uh john describes like god and there's like a lot of like literature based upon this of like god is infinite energy Mm. infinite light Mm -hmm. and because god can experience whatever he wants to experience he refracts himself to give contrast and then he is every single living thing and non-living thing all simultaneously just because he wanted to create experience Mm -hmm. and so like we're all just reflections of that subjective reflection of the all of like this infinite energy this infinite potential Mm -hmm. and like when we die i think we just go back into that void and like you hear in like church like when you're in heaven, you like, you knew everything, right? Like you were, you were part of it. And then you came down here as a baby and you had to forget that because this is a test, right? Yeah. yeah. And then like, how's it going? And then, uh, and then you do what you need to do. You like be kind and you follow like the, the stories of the scriptures and like, yeah, you live life. And then you go back yeah. to like that infinite creative everything. The only problem is they think that the, that, the before, the prior experience and the post experience are still encapsulated in an individual consciousness. Yes. And I think that's where I get like, I don't know. It's kind of funny because whenever I talk to someone who's religious and obviously in our case, we mostly deal with LDS people. I feel like if you kind of describe that there is a oneness to existence and that really in essentially everything is one that we are not really separate. We can't really be essentially separate from anything. Most people I talk to are like, well, yeah, of course. 
Well, it totally makes sense. And it's like, then why do you believe that you have like a hierarchical relationship to God in the sense that you are essentially separate from God? It's like, because I think if you know that all of existence has to happen within a shared space, a oneness, um, and that the God that most people conceive of would have to be in that space, um, you have to, eventually you have to question what's outside of that. Because, like, God can't exist outside of existence, right? God is existence. Yeah. Um, and so once we realize that we're all existing, you kind of have to conclude we're all God, right? Yeah. Does that make sense? In a sense, yeah. And I think, like, all is everything, too. Like, mm-hmm. it's also non-existence. Yeah. So, like, it's that space as well, because, like, there has to be duality in things for things to even be comprehended. Because, like, Alan Watts talks about this. He's like, you can't have a wave without it being a full wave. Yeah, you have to have the trough in the cross, right? Yeah, so, like, even with existence, that is just another side of the wave. So, in that, in that sense, like, non-existence also has to be a part of that. I think one of the things that I tend to ruminate on, though, is I'm wondering if non-existence is actually a thing. In the sense that, like, maybe something doesn't exist to me, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. So, I guess where I kind of try to pull this from is, like, if, if I said... Wow, how do I phrase this? Uh, have you ever heard of consciousness being described as like the space as opposed to the forms within that space? Consciousness being a space. Yes, consciousness being a space. It's kind of kind of like the ethereal realm or some shit. Possibly. One one of the things I've the ways I've heard it explained is they're like imagine a room. Now describe that room. Most people who describe the or everybody who describes the room have to describe it based on the contents within that room it's got the walls it's got the the chairs the tables and all that stuff and it's like well then what is the space that that room exists in and some people say that consciousness is the space that we are simply consciousness experiencing perceiving form within that space Hmm. yeah and so what what that kind of forced me to think and kind of f- fucked with me is like, okay, then what is that consciousness ex- existing in? But I think the whole point is that it isn't existing in anything because it is the whole of existence and therefore there is no non-existence or what I would describe as the void. I could see that. That's an interesting thought. Yeah. Because, like, because <clears throat> I, I, I said earlier that the only thing that actually exists is the physical self, mm-hmm. which, in a sense, is true. Because, like, you're, you're talking about, like, consciousness being a space. Mm-hmm. You don't measure consciousness as a space through, like, scientific observation. You can't. It's actually unknowable. Yeah. Like, you can, you can trace blood flow in the brain to certain areas, in certain areas when they have certain blood flow, you can kind of conclude sometimes that 
this is what they're thinking. Because like they did this one test where they had like a thousand flashcards and they showed hundreds of people these thousand flashcards and they studied where the blood flow in the brain was correlated with the flashcard. Yeah. And this shit was like 80 to 90% accurate. Mm -hmm. So like you'd show someone a red fire truck, mm -hmm. show that to a hundred people, the area in the brain where that blood flow was, it was like this in the same area, like 80% of the time mm -hmm. um, to, to represent that fire truck. Yeah. But what, what's I, what I love about that is that like they, they can, exp they can measure and, um, and prove which area of the brain processes fire truck imagery, but they can't measure and explain the feeling, the experience of seeing a red fire truck. Yeah. Mostly because, I mean, a, a lot of those things, or sorry, the, the color of a fire, or a fire truck actually really doesn't exist. It has to be perceived and created within the brain. And like agreed upon. And agreed upon. Like, exactly. That red fire truck, you could have told those hundred people when they were very young, this color is fucking blue, bro. Yeah. And like they could have just associated that <laughs> with blue. color with the symbol of blue. And all agreed upon it. Yeah. But me and you who are colorblind, we can't see it. <laughs> it's completely different to us than it would be for someone else. Um, and I kind of think that there are just like stronger agreements that really uh, would be very difficult to disprove, but that essentially all of reality is really just that. It's just like a subjective agreement. Yeah. But. And like, what if this is like a subjective agreement, right? Like, yeah. We chose to pop out here uh -huh. in this universe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my buddy was telling me, he's like, universe, uni one verse song. And like, it hit me for some reason the other day. I was like, fuck, one song, one all. Like, and like, maybe this song, maybe there are things, because I was, I was mentioning that like, drama is intertwined with the fabric of this reality. Okay. And so like, that exists. It has to. Yeah. But like, maybe that, where it exists doesn't have a physical space, like physical reality. Uh-huh. But, like, drama's just as real than physical experience. Because, like, we have this ability to, like, reflect on the past and reflect in the future. But, like, and we were talking about this in the last time we were walking. Like, we have the ability to, to create what that means to us. Mm -hmm. And so, like, it's weird that we can exist in the past. Like, play out this drama and it feels so real. Yeah. And, like, when you dream... You are experiencing that as well, mm -hmm. but you're not physically there, mm -hmm. but that experience is still just as real in a sense, even though it's not, you can't measure it in a physical space. Yeah. And the only reason we don't really think it's real is because we can't measure it in a physical space and because I guess that's sort of the prerequisite to measuring in physical space is that people can't observe it as well. And so we, they just can't agree with us. Yeah. Huh, that's so weird. Yeah. Because, like, drama does exist. And just the fact that we're talking about these stories, like, means that we both can believe in fiction, even though it's not, like, real here. Mm -hmm. uh, it is real to us because we can both understand what that means. Yeah. Kind of like so, a movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. But what if that is, like, 
Who knows? Well, what if what if the drama is different in a different multiverse? Um, it you know probably I mean? is. What I if mean, they follow different rules? And just and from that have different agreements. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, like, if anything that can happen will happen, mm-hmm. any possible reality. Like, yeah, it's weird. So it must be all happening in like different this universe and multiple universes, and maybe those other universes have different rules than this universe, but maybe they all follow consistent themes over all of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, who knows? That's something that's so um, confusing for me, I guess, is like, I feel like the the multiverse idea or the idea that this, there isn't really just one universe because there is infinite potentialities, which means there's infinite realities. It makes sense specifically theoretically and based on like quantum physics but then it's like why why isn't this reality or is this reality all realities at once why do we even have a formed reality that is stuck and has to abide by the potential or the the um captured potentialities before it does that make sense? Yeah, and I think that I I think that that means that to be able to experience things, you have to to be confined through through like limitation because yeah. it it allows you to maximize the potential of that situation. So like I'm thinking I used to play Halo Reach as a kid, mm-hmm. and you'd only have ten thousand credits. Or some shit to build a map in Halo Reach. Mm-hmm. Like you weren't capped. It wasn't infinite. And so you had to be really creative with your resources available. Mm. And so maybe we, so like we need to see progress in our life to, to have a will to live. Mm-hmm. So like if people aren't seeing progress, they lose the will to live. Yeah. Whether that be anything like fucking personal development, like relationship development, work. Mm-hmm. Uh, when people see stagnation is death. And so, like, if we're not seeing progress, we lose the will to live, we want to die. And so, like, maybe if we wanted to maximize our experience, we'd want to see how far we could potentially get with limited factors. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's what creates, like, hope and strife and shit like that, you know? Yeah. Because if everything was already available to you, like, infinite energy, infinite creative potential, right? Like, all everything happening at once, it does, it, it kind of takes away... Takes away from experience because, like, experience kind of needs to be subjective, right? Yeah, it does. And so, like, maybe that's why. That's actually making me think that even right now, there are quite easily infinite data points around me, right? Even down to the last atom in every snowflake on the ground, to the last atom in every rock and tree. There's just all these happenings that are occurring, but I can only process. Not only what I can visually see, what I can smell, what I can taste, what I can hear, what I can feel, um, but also, like, I can, our brains can really only handle a narrativized version. Because in a, in a week, I'm gonna have taken, I'm gonna have taken so much data and information that, in a, in a way, is almost limitless, right? Yeah. Um, that, 
all I'll really remember of this moment is that I went on a walk with my friend, right? Yeah. And it's because that's narrativized. That's my experience. That's what kind of leaves an impression on my consciousness. And so, like, I'm kind of thinking, like, we're all reflections of the all. So, like, we're this tree. We're these leaves. We're us. But, like, we need to have hierarchy. There needs to be a hierarchy in things. Uh, Because we need to have aims. We need to be able to focus on certain things, right? Because if all of this... Or at least our biology does right now, right? Yes. So, like, if all of this was just as important to us as our physical self, we just fucking stay out here until we're dead, right? Yeah. Right. So, like, 100% right. We just stand here and observe and bask in the glory of all of it. And and then just die. And honestly, in my darkest moments, that sounds like utopia to me. Yeah. (laughs) Just, like, (laughs) be at peace in nature like a tree or something. But even a but even a tree is having to distinguish what is nutrients, what helps me grow and yeah. and sustain. And they have their own lineage too. Like yeah. trees have fuck they they spread their seed mm-hmm. and they'll communicate with each other and send nutrients like through mycelium chains and shit. Uh-huh. So they're looking out for what's important to them. Uh-huh. It's passing down their line, right? Yeah. And so everything, even though it is part of the all we have our own motivations to stay alive in like this shared space. Yeah. Which is weird. That's so interesting. Cause like, um, I don't know when I was, when I was just imagining that right there, I, for the last like six or seven months, I've been so obsessed with this idea of oneness of the all and, and all of us being God that I'm like, why are we really trying to do anything other than realize that like we should all just be realizing that we're all the same and that we should all love each other but i'm seeing now kind of how that stagnation is death like if i really really truly believed in that or i do believe in that but if i really felt like i needed to act on it i should just sit here and not do anything because that is the all and that is what is what will happen anyways right yeah um and I guess where I was going with that was, uh, I, I think we need to really be in touch with that concept that we are all the all, that we are all God. But like you said, we have to, we have to adhere to the biological forces that are driving us, and we have to be able to still uh, avoid stagnation to survive. So that we can sort of remain in touch with that that oneness. Does that make sense? Yeah, I I I, I think that makes sense to me. I think that you're mentioning that like we we need to reflect and understand that like we are a single reflection of all that is happening. Mm-hmm. So and it's really important because if you can't get yourself out of your own subjective headspace. You're not willing to cooperate with other living organisms. Yeah. You know, if like, if you're like constantly, if like you don't value recycling, that's not in your head. Mm -hmm. If you were to think, well, I'm just one reflection of the all. Mm -hmm. So like me disassociating and like, or me not giving a shit about like recycling back nutrients. Mm -hmm. I, I affect other living organisms, but then those other living organisms affect myself. Yeah. Cause like I eat those things. Yeah. So, right. So like, that's definitely, that's definitely gotta be where the disconnect happens. 
they re- they really are disassociating. We are disassociated when we sort of retreat to our to our egos and our egoic experience. And like you said, saying that I can recycle, I can treat the earth as some dead resource for me to mine and extract because it doesn't affect me right now that I can tell in my egoic experience. And by shifting to a mindset that sees everything as a reflection of the all will help us see, better see how our empower actions are actually coming back and impacting us. Yes. Mm. Exactly. I I really like that. And cuz with my recent understanding and uh sort of spiritual beliefs that everything is the all. Like I said, it was sort of easy for me to just say like my individual identity my individual ego and everything doesn't actually matter because it's really, there's just the all happening. Yeah. But, um, and like both things can be true. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It doesn't have to be one or the other. No, it can be both simultaneously. Cause obviously every, every reaction had to have an action. So even me, moving through this space right now is causing air to flow around me is, you know, air is going into my lungs and then coming back out. So I'm still interacting with the all and therefore I really can't try to remove myself and say that I'm not, that I I don't need to pay attention to my individuality. Um, because, so I guess what I was saying is, is I feel like I don't need to, I need to sort of destroy my ego and you destroy my individual individuality because it was so minuscule that it, minuscule that it didn't matter anyways. Yeah. But then what I feel like what you're saying is is that yeah, it's minuscule, but it's really all I have control over right now. Yeah. It's really all I can handle. Yeah, right yeah, now. yeah. Exactly, exactly. I like that. Yes. Yeah. Because it is. It's it's the truth. Like our experience really doesn't matter, but at the same time, it's the most. It's the thing that matters most to us. Yes. You know. And that has that has to have weight. That has to have matter. It, like it, it really does. I have molecules. I have, you know, things that are moving and interacting with my environment. So I can either say, "Man, it doesn't matter. Might as well just, you know, kill myself and nothing will change," which it wouldn't. A lot of stuff. Would, or sorry, which it would. A lot of things would change. Yes. My relationships would, or the people that I have relationships would change i would be i'd be missing from their relationships um but i don't know i guess i I might be talking in circles but i just feel like remembering that i am a part of all that Mm -hmm. and that my individuality and my ego is really all i have control over so i might as well work to like nourish check and correct my ego and my individuality to embody my values, right? Yeah. Yeah. Working, working towards a goal, having an aim and working towards that. And like, I also, I've been thinking a lot about like too, about how we are, we are our own universe. Like you really like look into everything that composes of our body. Like it's crazy networks, crazy, crazy networks. Just so much existing, right? Like inside of us that we, that we'll never be able to understand like how that experience is 
because we're fixed in this embodiment of being a homo sapien. And this is how we view the world. Yeah. You know? But everything that's composed of us is living in a sense as well. Mm-hmm. It's just our brains aren't able to be encapsulated within the bacterium. So we don't understand how bacterium think. Because uh-huh. we're encapsulated in this homo sapien experience. That's so crazy. But we needed all of that shit to even set up the stage for us to observe things like this. You know? Like, if we didn't have stomachs to, like, process food on the go, uh-huh. if we didn't have, like, if we weren't bipedal, mm-hmm. our brains wouldn't be the same, you know? Like, yeah. There's so, like, we're, we're like a fucking ancient walking organism right now. We're, like, ancient as fuck, but we just pop out and we have, like, this subjective interpretation of this experience for a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. However, when we die, or if we pass down our seed, we're still passing along all that has been yeah. to that next generation of human that, yeah. that lives and feels experience in a subjective short period of time but like it's weird like we're never we're never unconnected from the all yeah and we really we really forget that and overlook it pretty often yeah and even if we die we're still a part of it like every every cell that composes of our body will decompose we'll get recycled and we'll like birth new life yes that's actually something that was uh i actually came to that realization when i was um tripping on mushrooms one time and it was really beautiful because i kind of saw that death was an illusion it's really just the ceasing of this level of consciousness but that all of the materials and matter that are making up this consciousness have to remain right yes and they'll just decompose eternal disperse back into the universe yes um and it's so cool and i think that's one of the reasons why mushrooms actually really um helps people with like end of life anxiety is because they're able to see that they're able to actually they're the things that decompose shit yeah dude Ugh, i love it i love it but uh i don't know man i think that's a that's a really cool thought well i think we as humans are in a pretty weird position um to be completely composed of I'd argue infinite sub- subjective experience just to create a really not at least on earth a novel experience of subjective experience and then we evolved to the point where we were able to see how we are like ultimately insignificant but also does that make sense it's it's we're we're in a weird state as human beings we're going to go up this way yeah. Just by being, um, we've kind of transcended uh, the same reactivity that most organisms on the planet are sort of trapped in, right? Because we, we're able to um, observe and experience so much more of our reality than other animals can. Yes. And it's because we can reflect on past experience. It's because we can believe in fiction. We can account what has happened to us in the past, and we can account what's going to happen to us in the future. And like that story is the story of like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. That story is a 
about the emergence of consciousness. And like when we became conscious, Adam now knows he's naked, right? And he's ashamed of that. And like that's because he's conscious of his nakedness. Whereas before he's just living in the garden, just like any other animal. Every other animal is just existing in the moment all the time. They don't think about what's going to happen at night. They don't think about what's going to happen in the next couple of days. They don't think about what happened to them two days ago. Yeah. We do. And so we have to work for everything we do because we know that it's work. And we have to sacrifice things in the moment to achieve better things in the future. And it, it's, it's through that, and it's only because we're conscious. It's only because we can see in the eyes of God. We can determine good things from evil things. And it's not even good things from evil things necessarily, but we know if like, if we're like- In relation to us. Yeah, exactly. If we're like beating up little kids in our tribe, people aren't gonna wanna have us around. Yeah, <laughs> you know? they're gonna kick <laughs> us out. Yeah, they're gonna kick us the fuck out. And so like, we can now see those things as being like, okay, this is not a good thing to do. Whereas like, if a fucking black widow eats her husband, just for nutrients, man. Yeah. It ain't nothing to do with that's anything. That's what it is. She, she's it not going to get kicked is. out of a tribe that's responsible, not responsible, but uh, integral to her survival. Cause... Yeah. And so, like, we're weird. We, uh, we're in a weird place as humans. It's like, because we know it's bad, and we willingly choose to cause that bad, th- those bad things to happen, which is, like, the worst possible thing we could do. Yeah. Like, we cause suffering for the sake of suffering. And that's probably, like, the most evil shit you could ever think of. Right? Because we're... We're so those who do that are so hurt that that's kind of the only way they can derive pleasure and meaning and yeah. uh, sort of maintain their own mental safety in a way. And it's a good thing that you're you're reflecting on like those people are just hurt because it's the truth. Yeah. So people are just like us. And we can get there too. Mm-hmm. We just choose not to. Exactly. Um, one of the one of the things you said though is you said that how the Adam and Eve story is uh, really the emergence of consciousness. I'd actually amend that to say that's the, uh, that's the emergence of human consciousness. Yes. Because do you, do you believe in the idea that the, that the entire, that really all there is, is consciousness? What that is like? I agree with that. Okay. You're absolutely correct. Because like the way that trees communicate to like distribute shit between the forest, mm-hmm. sacred geometry, mm-hmm. the, the ability to like break down all nutritional matter, like that's, that is consciousness. And I'd, I'd even argue that what really is consciousness is just the simple experience of being so that every level of reality is having some level of being like even this rock. So while this rock isn't exhibiting levels of human consciousness, it's still conscious in the sense that it is, it has an inherent sense of being like you hear that. Mm Mm-hmm. That means that this fucking inanimate object is reacting with nature to create sound waves. Mm-hmm. That has a resonance and like physical space in this reality. Yeah. So that is existing. Exactly. It's conscious in a sense. Mm-hmm. It's just not conscious in a sense that like it can perceive linear time. Yeah. In a, in exactly. Because that's what we're that's what we're human consciousness yes. is sort of bound by is linear exactly. time. And uh, I think that was something that really blew my mind was uh, just the idea. I kind of heard the idea that consciousness is everything and that our human consciousness is really just a radio that's dialing into a very specific uh, form of consciousness. Yes, and I think that that's um, 
what everything is specifically dialed into, right? Because mm -hmm. it has to be. Yeah. For it to even be a thing. Dude, isn't this cave super dope? This is pretty freaking sick, dude. <laughs> yeah, and it goes pretty far back. Yeah, I haven't seen how far down it goes. Damn. I'm kind of curious, actually. Usually I'm here on my own, so I'm too nervous to go down on my own. <laughs> yeah, we can definitely go down there. So look how far back these go in. It's cool. I can't even see what How far back does that go? Uh, I think it just caps right there. Dude, you want to do something weird? Yeah. Can I just turn off the lights and talk for a second? Ooh. But, like, just to kind of bring it back to what we were talking about, that idea of everything being conscious is, uh, I think what allowed me to have such a significant experience on mushrooms one time where there was a moment where I was literally like my being, my identity was defined as the fold on a turtle's neck. I, I don't understand why. I don't understand how that happened. But I, I sort of inherently understood that there's a sense of being right there yeah. uh, on that turtle's neck. That there's even a sense, there's just senses of being literally in everything. And then I kind of understood that yeah. as God. Just, um, Ooh. yeah. I like that you described, like, the hair on the back. Is that what you said? Like, yeah, it was actually the fold of a turtle's the neck. The fold of a turtle's was, yeah. neck. Yeah. It's like this one kid was uh, describing, because he was, he was going through, like, uh, like a spiritual awakening, right? Mm -hmm. He's mentioned this stuff on Reddit, and he was describing, like, how he felt that his spiritual awakening was just one part of a mass spiritual awakening and he described his consciousness as a bacterium in like in the body and so like like bacterium will interact and when you get a lot of like-minded bacterium they interact mm -hmm. uh and they, they form groups or colonies kind of like scobies like symbiotic mm -hmm. colony of bacteria and yeast right yeah. those those things form together and create something and so like he was describing like his spiritual awakening as similar to that at least that's what i understood and yeah. so like it was interesting you mentioned the the fold on the turtle's neck right like mm -hmm. just being one part of a whole yes and so like it's interesting because maybe we we can't perceive uh big themes of experience mm -hmm. subjectively because like maybe that needs to be described between uh, so like rise and fall of civilization right mm -hmm. that's a bunch of individual consciousness interacting to this 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 big bigger thing that's above them however yes. like the rise and fall of societies are just themes of maybe a bigger consciousness right mm -hmm. uh so maybe the same way that bacterium in our gut collect and do things that we're not even aware of right but that happens like if you feed your body good food like it will it will affect the way that you interact with the world and so like yeah. what if all of our consciousness combined uh has an effect to the same way that like bacterium in our gut have an effect maybe we're just not able to perceive that level of consciousness mm -hmm. because we're we're dialed in to this subjective interpretation of consciousness and so like what if there's another version of us like reflection of the all that is 
tuned into those things and experiences those things. So I love that because um, I think we are all individual like manifestations of some larger consciousness and we're all, like we just can't really see it or realize it. Yeah. And um, so kind of what I'm what my spiel and what, what I've been all about for a little while now is how do we get our human species to align to uh, a con- you know, a manifestation of consciousness that we actually all value and that we all really agree upon and um, and uh, can coordinate to create, you know, because yeah. like we've obviously seen, as you described, with the fall, the rise and fall of civilizations, how um, certain uh, culminations of consciousness can manifest something, yeah. you know, uh, like the fucking city of Rome. Yes. Um, and so I think that one of the things that I've been obsessed with is how how that how, how that even happens, and I think that happens through systems, um, and which is why I'm such a big, um, uh, which is why I'm so against capitalism because I think it's a system that does not align all of our consciousness into a uh, um, sort of a, a manifestation of being that is beneficial to all of us. Or that we all actually value. Yeah, and maybe that's the maybe that's the, the like the, the kick in the dick of life, right? Like maybe because yeah. like even though there's good bacterium in our gut, like there's there's beneficial bacteria like Lactobacillus, all this like all these different kind of things that when bound together uh, can can create a, a healthy uh, gut biome that, yeah. that helps you better interact with the world. However, you're in the midst of that, you're also dealing with a bunch of shitty gut bacteria, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so like you need to outweigh the negatives by by resonating positive shit or incorporating good bacteria into your gut and we've, we've talked about emotion contagion mm-hmm. uh before and i think the only way to do to like meet like-minded individuals is to just go through the hero's journey yourself uh understand what's valuable mm-hmm. to like the greater consciousness mm-hmm. and then just try to show up to the plate on the daily to to embody that frequency mm-hmm. and when you do that just by you being yourself we're, we're mimicking creatures. Mm-hmm. And so like we'll mimic behavior. And so like I, I was noticing this when I was living in Oklahoma. Um, the drivers in Oklahoma were much better than the drivers that are in this state. That's what I mean. uh, Everywhere so better than here. <laughs> it's pretty intense, but you don't know that unless unless you get outside of that and see the contrast, right? Mm-hmm. But I was noticing that I, I was becoming a better driver living in other states because I was following and doing what I saw around the people around me. Yes. And so the only way to create change um, would be to just understand what's valuable and resonate that frequency. And and, and people, like not everyone will, will, will willingly choose to do that. Like they're mm-hmm. gonna die before they even get the chance to like wrap their head around certain concepts. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that is why it's so important because if we don't band together and do anything, then like everything's just chaos. Right. And so like, yeah. uh, it, it, that gives us a will to live. Mm-hmm. Like that gives us a will to live, to see change And like the only reason we want to see change is because there's things that we want to see changed. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like if we didn't have anything to like, that we wanted to see change, mm-hmm. we would never do anything. Yeah, because it would just be normal, right? Yeah, we would just stay in that. Yeah, yeah. and like, so that, that's like something I never understood about like heaven when I was a little kid uh, going to church. was like, man, fuck, if it's like, if it's good all the time and all you're doing is praying to God, that must really suck. Yeah, it's right? going to get boring after yeah, a while. Yeah, it must get so boring. And so like, 
maybe the only way to experience excitement is to understand like the dangers of not doing something. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, Alan Watts, is, I've heard Alan Watts talk about that, where he's like, let's, let's imagine for a moment that you, that the Christian view of the universe is correct and you die and you're a good person, you go to heaven and you obtain the ability to, um, you know, uh, pretty much create your reality to the full manifestation of your heart's desire. And there's nothing ever surprising. You are always aware of what's going to happen and you can just fill your life with pleasure because that's all you're really capable of, you know, wanting. And then he's saying you could, you could live that. You could live that for however long, but eventually your infinite self would be like, I need a surprise. I need something to curb this infinite knowledge so that I can feel experienced, so that I can feel anything. Otherwise, I'm just numb. Yeah. Um, and so he's like, and that's what you are right now. You're simply yes. a manifestation yes. of that infinite knowledge wanting to experience um, the unknowable, yes. the unknown. I, I 100% agree with that statement. I think that's like fucking so profound. And like, that's exactly correct in yeah. my mind. Like, that's what I like to choose to believe. Mm -hmm. And like, even if it's not true, yeah. even if that's not true, because like we can't have all the answers. We can't say that we have no. know all the answers. You know what I'm saying? But like, if you if you can see patterns of behavior that you're like, I identify with that to like my whole being. Mm -hmm. Like that makes so much sense to me that I'm gonna I'm gonna strive to do that because I see the most like when I'm doing that when I'm present, like my interactions on the day to day are so much better mm -hmm. than like me not believing that thing. Yeah. And so like, 100%. even if you believe in fake things. It like, cause there's like, there's like little like cautionary tales, right. About like fucking like, even like the, the, the your palm being hairy from like yeah. masturbating. Right. Like it, <laughs> like it's not real, yeah. but like that belief and that, that thing might be a thing may, might cause some people to not be compulsive masturbators. Like who knows? Yeah, yeah. Right. Like not say not that example specifically, but the only one that like comes to mind of yeah. like, it doesn't matter if it's real. But if you believe it to be real, it could serve you better in life. Yes. And so, like, even though Alan Watts may not have all the answers, believing what he believes gives me a deeper meaning in my life. Yeah. And so, like, that's all that matters, right? Like, yes. And if, if you're kind and you can interact with your environment, if you don't, like, if you don't let your beliefs encroach in like on the beliefs of other people mm -hmm. i think that's totally fine oh yeah and I, I feel like everybody can get behind that i think so Cause, too because as long as you're not trying to attack someone with your beliefs then you're not harming them right yes. oh, it's just basic that's just what it is um actually what i love about you saying that is um something that i've kind of like shifted if i ever want to have like a conversation with someone about uh religion or you know spirituality or beliefs Instead of being like, so what do you believe in? And sort of forcing him to go, oh, shit, I got to get attacked. I yeah. say, what do you want to believe in? Ooh, yeah, like, I like that. What do you want the afterlife to be like? Yeah. How can you align yourself to try and, you know, meet that afterlife that you truly want? And I've noticed that people are usually more open to discussion when you say that yeah. because they're like, oh, uh, well, actually, this is kind of what I want. It's like, oh, that's cool. I can see why you'd want that, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that also reframes it for them instead of being like, instead of having to subscribe to their dogmatic beliefs that they were raised on, if they had them, um, then they're able to say like, oh, what do I want to believe? And I, and they sort of allow themselves 
to have that choice instead of being like, nope, this is the way the universe is because that's what I was told. So I have to believe in that. Otherwise, I'm just wrong. Like, yeah. I really like that question. I, I think I'm going to use that. That's like a fucking genius, dude. Uh, I really like – because when, when you present information in that way, uh, you're doing it through a, a method of wanting to cooperate. Mm-hmm. Like you're not saying, what do you believe in? It being like, whatever your belief is, I have a belief too, and now we have to compete. We have to spar, yeah, have to spar exactly. those beliefs. Uh, and like humans, we're very cooperative. But we don't want to be told what to do. Mm-hmm. And so, like, yeah. when we feel the need to defend ourselves, uh, it, it, it doesn't enable us to have mm-hmm. open lines of communication because now it's a completely different game. Now you're yeah. defending your beliefs. Whereas it, when you mentioned, what would you like to believe in? You, you you're not needing to defend shit. You're yeah. just abstractly thinking mm-hmm. about good. It's like, well, you know, I think this would be kind of nice if this was true. Yes. Oh. <laughs> like, it's kind of odd to think. How much cooperation are we missing out on based off the questions that we ask people? Mm. Like we think of like the current political climate. Like how, how do we phrase things? Mm-hmm. We're, we're not we're not phrasing them in ways that allow open lines of communication. What we're doing is we're 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 forcing people to defend themselves. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I mean, I hate to bring it back around, but I argue that that's because of capitalism and because capitalism is sort of seated on a competitive mindset yeah. uh, rather than a mindset of cooperation. Okay. I think there's cooperation within capitalism in yes. order to attain competition. Yes. But it's not the it's not the prevailing idea. It's not the dominating idea. I think that you're absolutely correct. And so like I think that so I, I try to value capitalism for what it is because it was an emergence of consciousness that served a very specific function. Yeah. Uh it unified the globe. Like and so like just that alone is is so cool that that was the idea that moved people forward into exploring unknown territory. Oh yeah. However, now the globe is unified. Mm-hmm. We don't. We no longer need to use this idea to go into the unknown. Okay. We I... use it as like uh, a value, like idea, and I think that with current technology like the internet, especially blockchain technology specifically and automation, I think that we need to now use new technologies to go into a deeper unknown. Mm. Because what's going to be really unknown is when 30% of all jobs are going to be lost in the United States in 10 years, 2030, when everything is automated. like Or impending ecological disaster. Yeah. Is is currency going to be that thing that we use to delve into the unknown? No. No. It's not. But what is is like automation, yeah. science. Like, I, I actually, I really crazy. like that you that you acknowledge that because I remember when because you you blew my mind when we were talking that one time and you're like you know the, I, I get what you're saying but like you know the bottom like capitalize capitalism I can value it for what it is because it unified the globe and I had never thought of it like that I was like oh wow it is because in like I've been framed to think of it as dominating the globe and I think it is now or I think it's just it's really um, it, it's uh, it's oh, no longer useful to us. It's not actually unifying us anymore. I think it's pulling us apart. Um, and I think, like you said, for one thing, when 30% of the population is jobless, how is it going to sustain itself? How is it going to function? A lot of people actually describe what we're dealing with now as late-stage capitalism because it's sort of reaching a natural end where either we kill the planet 
or it just has to die off because not enough people can buy into it anymore. Yeah, and like I like that we were mentioning um, it being a tool. Mm-hmm. Like every single thing is a tool. Yeah. So when we look at shit, we look at it for what it functions as. Mm-hmm. Like when we look at it, when we look at a chair. We don't just see the chair as being a, a wooden object with a flat base and fucking four legs. We look at that chair and be like, that's something I sit on. Yeah. Like we as humans use tools to engage with unknown territory or within known territory. It's nice to have seats. It's nice to not yeah. sit on the ground and get bit by scorpions and shit. Yeah. Exactly. Like it's, it's nice to have these things. And so I like, I like that we were mentioning that like capitalism is just a tool to delve into the unknown and everything is a tool to delve into the unknown. Even even what you believe, right? Like mm-hmm. your beliefs delving into unknown territory matter. Yeah. Like because those beliefs are tools. Mm-hmm. Those beliefs are tools that you use to engage with unknown things. And so like maybe everything is that. Everything is, is a tool to interact with the unknown. Mm-hmm. And so like capitalism was that tool for us now. However, we definitely need to use we need to find different that. tools we need to, build a new tool. to go into the unknown because yeah. – the tools that served us in the past aren't necessarily going to be the tools that serve us in the future, no, right? Like, yeah. we're not all communicating with radios. Mm-hmm. That was a really good tool to to enable communication. However, we streamlined it to a point where we communicate a little bit differently now. Mm-hmm. And so, like, a radio is not going to be as effective talking to someone on the opposite end of the globe in real time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, yeah, we need to value what has we need to know the past because we need to know what, what value we need to bring mm-hmm. from the past to, to continue to engage with the unknown. But then we also do need to know that like everything is in constant movement. Everything is constantly changing and stagnation leads to death. And you were mentioning that like we're at the late stage of capitalism, right? Like yeah. maybe capitalism, maybe it is stagnant now. Mm-hmm. It's not serving us the function that it did a hundred years ago. hundred Yeah. And so like to, to really like, understand what we have in our tool belts mm-hmm. and like what we can best use to engage with unknown territory would probably be really good. Like you need to know why you have the things that you do. So I, I like that. I like that. Cause I, that's actually one of the things that you did for me. That one conversation is kind of, um, I kept seeing capitalism as not like a tool that's being used and is like now outdated or maligned. I kept seeing it as like a cancer that I was forced to interface with. Yeah. Um, but you sort of reframed it for me. And so I was like, okay, I have to, maybe it's a tool that I despise or a tool that I think is broken, but it's also all I have right now. Yeah. So I have to at least use it to try and imagine new systems, trying to imagine and create new tools. Yes. And that's, um, I think that's, it was really enabling for me because like that was really just stagnating me. I was like, I, I have to find a way to not use this tool of capitalism because I, I see it as inherently maligned and like hurting people. Yeah. Um, you can see that too. Yeah, you can. Like that exists. That's just as real as it, like it also being used as a tool. Yeah. Like, cause like through subjective experience, like you're living paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. That's not fun. Yeah. Like you're you're working for people that that have uh, different distribution of resources that mm-hmm. are like way above you, and it yeah. seems like you have to fall slave to a system mm-hmm. where you never see progress. That's the biggest thing. Is like yeah. you don't see progress, and and progress isn't based off of your effort. Mm-hmm. That's what's also really debilitating too. Is yes. like you could be the best fucking worker, and you could fucking crush it. 
but they want you to stay the there. Person the, person. You, the person above you is just meeting a checklist. Mm-hmm. He fucking hates his job just as much as you do, you know? Yeah. And like, because you do work, it's easier for him to fill a box mm-hmm. than it is for, for, uh, for him to do the work. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah, like, I think that, it, I think it's both. I think it's both things. And it definitely is. I think it's becoming more unbalanced towards, um, you know, harm. Uh, but again, it's really the, t- the only tool I have right now. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that, because uh, I, I, I know you know, I listen to a lot of Russell Brand. And uh, he one of the things he always talks about is that we, we sort of have to design a new tool or a new system and then sort of uh, engage with it adjacent to capitalism yeah. uh, and then just kind of – because it's its own machine. It's its own organism in a sense because um, as soon as we stop buying into it, it's just going to die. Yeah. That's a weird thing too. It is weird. All right. Let's do this. I haven't checked this out at all, so I'm kind of <laughs> curious. Oh. Yeah, it stops right back there. <laughs> That's so wild. What a cool cave, man. I know, right? Like it's crazy to think how many of these things are out there. I know. Actually, there's like a there's a website that I checked out a couple times. It's just got like all of the little caves and tunnels and stuff in Utah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this was one of them. Heck yeah, that's cool. Good for people for doing that. I know, right? Giving us all candles to see the light. Fucking where caves are and shit. It is pretty cool to. Dude, thanks for sitting with me in the dark. That was really nice. Yeah, man. It's a lot easier when I'm not alone. Yeah. <laughs> It's eerily quiet in there. <sighs> that was cool. Uh, somebody sent me this little thing of like people releasing endogenous DMT or some shit. Endogenous? Like, so like, apparently there's like DMT in our systems. Yeah. Uh, like in our brains and in a lot of plant matter and stuff like that. And, he, and this dude was mentioning, if like, if you just go sit in the fucking dark for a long time, uh-huh. that you can like experience certain. Uh, spiritual states. Yeah, sort of like a sensory deprivation. Yeah. Yeah. So like that was like, that was nice. It was like me first developing a relationship with that. That's cool. But also it's easier to just like pay attention to the words being spoken. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to focus on very much. <laughs> don't have to worry about slipping and falling or anything. Yeah, when you're... <laughs> we have to process all this information, all the trees around us. It's not like conscious, but I think it does take up. Um, takes up brain power. It takes up brain power because you process ram. it. I think that's why it's so relaxing to look at an ocean or the sky. Oh yeah, dude. It's like there's not much to process. But like, when you're out in nature too, though, it's like you kind of get the same feeling, even though there is a lot to process. Yeah. And I think it's because like this has meaning. Mm-hmm. This is alive. Mm-hmm. It's conscious. Whereas, like, the man-made tools that we have, they're still conscious in a sense, but it's just different. They're not, like, they're not living in the same way. It's not. It's not uh, It's not working to sustain itself. It's just being. Yeah. And so, like, looking at a dirty-ass house, even though it's maybe, like, the same amount of things to process instead of, like, looking at a forest, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it feels different. But also, um, one of the things that – woohoo. <laughs> One of the things uh, Russell Brand talks about a lot is that we're not living – this sort of modern living that we have, 
we're not living in the uh, conditions that we're evolved for um, because our brains and our biology is really still evolved for living in nature. And I think that's why it can calm us down so much. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I guess maybe maybe I'm speaking subjectively because there's definitely people in our society who will go out in nature and they are anxious the entire time and yeah. it's not calm, calming for them. But like, like we really weren't meant to be, or we weren't evolved for living in massive cities of hundreds of thousands of people all cramped and cooped up into small spaces and stuff like that. Like we're pretty lucky here in Utah to have outdoors that we have a connection and a relationship with because I know that like, you know, people out in New York, it's like, yeah, it would take me like a couple hours drive in order to go on like an actual hike. Otherwise I'm walking in a concrete jungle and like, I don't know that whenever I'm in like a city or something, I really just do feel a disconnection from my, my true self. Yeah. I can do that. Like, I, I like to think of it as like, is both things. Mm-hmm. Cause like, we can say that like capitalism and like the internet and like cities are like against nature. However, they're a part of nature, right? Like we evolved in this system and we ended up using those things as tools to get us to where we wanted to be. I think you're right because they they have to essentially be a part of nature since uh, it exists. Since it exists. Yeah. But I'm worried that these tools were actually designed to try and dominate what we understand as nature. I, I agree with you. And I think that's why we're having such ecological disaster where, where you know, we're killing the planet. And, uh, and we're honestly harming ourselves. I mean, just think about like, uh, just like the food we eat, you know, and sort of the way our social interaction has really mutated into, you know, a screen. And uh, I think that those, I just kind of back to it is I really think that those systems and those tools were designed to dominate nature. And it makes sense because when we were evolving, we had to survive in nature and it was terrifying. It yeah. was it was dangerous. Yes. So we had to develop tools that would protect us from it. And then we developed tools to uh, control and dominate it. And it worked for a long time. And it helped us uh, grow. And really, you, you know, it really did provide like an increased standard of living. We were able to get this technology. We're able to walk out in the woods right now without being afraid of if we're going to have of something to eat, yeah. if we're going to have shelter, you know, all that stuff. So I really do, I do see needing to value capitalism and these systems for what they are, yeah. but we also have to value, value them for what they're doing to the world now and it's what an they will do. Yeah, it it's really is. correction for what you're saying. Cause like, it's yeah. true. Like we were existing in a, in a crazy, scary world. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an overcorrection because now we're like lousing up resources to the point where we're literally destroying our planet. And like yep. everything is trying to maintain balance. Mm-hmm. And so the systems we have in place currently are not going to allow us to do that over a long, a long period of time without just completely fucking the planet. Yeah. And ourselves in the process. Like, yeah. We're a part of it. We can't, we can't screw the things we get resources from. That's, that's like, it, like, honestly, once like we have this, cultural mindset and as a species we understand that i think the next step is gonna have to be where we create a system where we are completely conscious of our ecological impact so that we can 
uh, you know, grow and be, uh, shit, dude, I don't know. Uh, I really think that our, our new systems are going to incorporate a more global consciousness where it's not about extracting resources and using them for our own benefit, but, uh, we just stop. I think we'll change our priorities as a species. Um, for one thing, I think we'll have to care more about the planet and our impact on the planet. And then for another thing, I think we're going to learn to prioritize new things in our individual lives. Rather than seeking to extract profit out of every situation, maybe we'll seek to extract fulfillment out of every situation. Yeah. I really like that. Um, so there's this dude, Jack Frisco. He was this futurist. He ended up passing away a couple years ago, but his uh, one of his mates are like still holding the candle to his idea. But like, he wants to go to a resource-based economy, which is the only economy that actually makes sense, man. Like we're thinking about like we're going to interact with our environments and not just try to extract this idea of money. Yeah. But we're like extracting resources for for like different purposes. Yeah. Maybe and so like his idea of a society was anything that enhances the state of man. Mm-hmm. And just the, the enhances the state of well, it, mostly it enhances the state of man. Mm-hmm. But by enhancing the state of man, you're also enhancing the state of everything around you. Uh, yeah, or at least you can't sustainably enhance the state of man without sustaining yeah. everything. So, like, if you, you didn't have good uh, resources in nature, mm-hmm. so like if nature was not biodiverse, that would mean that it wouldn't have a, uh, it would have a terribly weak immune system. Mm-hmm. And so, like most of the shit that we find that keeps us alive are found in these fucking forests mm-hmm. uh, where, where like shit's just so diverse. And so like his idea was to make like these little circular cities. You never had to backtrack. So you're always like using resources in the most effective way. Mm. So like cities, like you have to backtrack. You go to your house, you go to your, you go to your, you go to uh, your work or your school. And then you have to backtrack back to your house. Whereas like his cities are all circular. You live in here. But bam, bam, bam. Like, you go back to your house. Um, but I like his idea of a, of a resource-based economy because it's the only economy that makes sense. It really like, is. money does money is just a tool. It's just an idea in our head mm-hmm. that we use to create change in reality. However, like, you don't need money to build a building. You yeah. need materials to build a building. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, exactly. Like That's interesting. And so I like that description. Because it forces people to understand what – because then it's limited. Yes, it is. Resources are finite. Mm-hmm. And if you're interacting with this world thinking that money is the resource to get shit, you're not, you're not seeing the full picture. Money is just a tool that you use to, get to redistribute resources. However, yeah. the only thing that actually exists is resources. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. That makes so much more sense because um, we sort of – like you said, when this reframing where we see money as the resource, um, it sort of allowed us to create systems that see money as infinite and then think that there are infinite resources yes. because our system really is built up to extract as much money as possible, yeah. which is not possible in the long run. It's not sustainable because the resources that that money is actually completely reliant and dependent upon is finite. Yeah. That's wild, dude. I think that's a, that's a really good way to reframe it. And I think I've never heard of the, the resource-based economy, but that makes so much sense. 
and I think it's it's so obvious. Like why? Yeah, right. It's like it's like it's like right in front of our face. It's like how do we not know this? It's because, I mean I'd argue that it's because <laughs> those that are in power who have really established and elevated levels in our society because of money have to sort of seek to maintain that. Yeah. They, I mean otherwise they'd be looking at their life and going, man, I'm fucking up the planet. I, I got to change something. And then something would be changed yeah. because they really hold most – they've just got this concentrated level of power. And like a, just like a, a hyper-focused view of consciousness. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like because they're so dialed into their subjective experience and like using the resources around them to like they, – they, they derive meaning from that. And it's a it's a weird it's a weird place to be when you're hyper focused on yourself, you start to you start to see stagnation around you in other ways. Yeah. Like in personal development and relationships, mm-hmm. fucking like everything. Like uh, yeah. so you like you need to be connected to a part of the whole to to still have things work symbiotically around you. Yeah. Because if not, like you're just causing like I don't fucking like mayhem to like other people's lives, <laughs> like chaos. Like I'm thinking of like Epstein and shit. Like it's crazy. You cool if I speak on some schizo shit for a oh, second? Oh yeah, dude. What, what do you what, what do you mean by schizo shit? Uh, like just like weird thoughts that like get me pretty paranoid. Um, anyways, so blah, 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 blah. higher consciousness, right? You kind of felt it in a yeah. sense, like when you interact with certain things. Uh, you have these epiphanies you start to see things as being a part of a whole. Like, you get, like, this, like, spiritual type of insight that does come from you, but you're experiencing it, right? Yeah. And, like, it's perceived in some ways of, like, a higher state of consciousness giving me direction. Yeah. And so, if there can't be, if there has to be duality for things to exist, there has to be the opposite end of that. If you're getting spiritual insights, there has to be opposites. Which would be? Which would be parasites. <laughs> and so, like, uh, Don Miguel Ruiz talks about that in his book. It's called The Parasite of the Mind. And so, like, we can spread emotional poison to people. You can be like, you don't need anything, you're dumb as fuck. Uh, you're going to agree that you're dumb as fuck because I told you this. And, and then, like, now you're thinking, well, well, I agree with that. I am dumb. You're right. And then you start to feed this idea. That you're dumb. Yeah. That idea doesn't serve you. It doesn't. That idea serves something else. And so, like, there's this one video that apparently, like, biophotonic energy, it's light. And, like, light, so if you, like, if you were to, like, look at us through an infrared, we give off light. Like, we are light. We're fucking starlight. Like, it's yeah. a thing. Uh, energy. We're energy, exactly. And so, like, apparently there's this mode of communication between the cells that, that function off light which is weird as shit, and it's called biophotonic energy. Oh, my God, dude. I think I know exactly what you're talking about. When you're stressed, in states of stress, you release this energy, this biophotonic energy, and you can either use that energy to help yourself or you can use it to feed the negative thoughts in your head. Some other source. Exactly. So, like, for example, if you lose your job, right, you'd be like, oh, fuck, this is a stressful situation. Uh, I hate myself. I'm obviously incompetent because I couldn't hold this job. Yeah. Like, I'm a piece of shit. Like, I don't know when I'm ever going to get an opportunity to, to do this again. And so, like, I'm at a complete deficit right now. I'm going to devalue the situation because I'd rather use anger right now as a stimulant 
to make me feel less shitty about myself in the moment. Yeah. I'm just going to feed these negative thoughts in my head because I feel that it's serving me well in the moment. However, those, those are the things that weigh you down. Like you can't interact with life and say that you're one thing and not lose the will to live. If you're yeah. fucking, if you think that you're like unlovable, stupid as shit. And if like, this is what you're telling yourself, you're feeding, feeding these ideas or parasites in your mind. Cause these ideas don't serve you. That's so wild. So counterproductive. And, and like, so it's, it's mentioning in states of stress, you can use this energy to help yourself or feed the parasite. And so like, you can use that energy to be like, oh shit, what opportunities did I not see that I now see that this experience has happened now that I lost my job? Like what opportunities are there for me to change my situation for the better on this planet? Because we only get one chance. Yeah. And so you can either dwell and like feed terrible ideas in your head, or you can take action, take accountability and change your life for the better. Um, and so it's, it's fucking weird, man. So he thinks that when you have this energy, when you're stressed, you release this energy, you can either use it for yourself or you use that energy to feed the parasite. And so like our system is designed for that, that those negative thoughts to constantly be fed. Yeah. The way that we describe, 100%. like the way that uh, we were talking about in the cave, the way that we ask questions, mm-hmm. uh, the way that we like work in systems, the way that we align our circadian rhythm to mindlessly work at a nine to five job. Yeah. And the people in power are profiting off of that, that, like, that, that infinite that, energy that people are just that interaction. Yeah. And so like, so like you see like Epstein making a, having like these fucking, um, altars, shrines where they're doing like fucking sacrificial blood magic type shit. It's so like, what if these people tapped into like, uh, this algorithm, this function of being like, if I do this, it'll serve me well now. But I have to continue putting people in these states of stress. And like Epstein was like getting new girls all the time. Like he was cultivating that energy, like hardcore. Yeah. yeah. And with that single minded use of like, I'm the only thing that exists. Like it allows you to create destruction around you. And so like as above, so below, if we get spiritual insights, what if there's other things that are not looking at, are just looking out for themselves? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's interesting. I'm wondering, when you're saying that, though, I'm wondering what exactly that parasite is. What is it that's actually gaining nourishment from negative thought patterns? Yeah. What so is like, it? Maybe, maybe this is something outside of our realm. We were talking about where, do, where does idea space, where does that exist? Uh, right? Yeah. So, like, if we're having these ideas, that doesn't exist in this physical space. Yeah. So like, but it exists but in a still space being drawn from somewhere yeah. and it can still be extracted from somewhere and it can still be an experience. Yeah. Like, even though it can't be measured from, from our current understanding of what the tools that we use to measure shit with. And like, I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird thought. Like I think about it sometimes. Cause there is, there really, there really is something feeding off of that. And like putting it simply would be like just our negativity bias. Yes. But like, even that, even that isn't sufficient enough to say like, cause it, cause the negativity of bias in itself was evolved for our benefit. It was evolved yes. to protect us. So if we really say that 
that that is being nourished by actually harming ourselves, that doesn't seem accurate to me. Unless it's just like an outdated trait. I agree with you. It's like an overcorrection, right? Yeah. Like you should be worried about things that could eat you in the forest. We shouldn't be worried about how how you feel. Yeah. <laughs> and our brains don't have processing power to to reflect on how we feel. And we're the only creatures that can willingly choose to put ourselves in states of stress for long periods of time. And we know, like biologically, you can't do that. You really can't. You can't. You can't have. You can, no animal can be in a heightened state of stress for a long period of time and not like and not harm themselves. Uh, and so. I think that you're onto something with that thing of like when it's it's not simply just negative bias. Like this thing is it's deeper than that. It's like it's it's a different uh, and yeah because it is so different. Because like being scared about like falling into a river or like reflecting on how shitty everything is around you are two completely different oh, thoughts. Yeah. Exactly. You know, one. I mean, thinking about how everything is shitty around you isn't protecting you from anything. No. So yeah, it's that's what that's what's yeah. so interesting about that parasite analogy because like what is it that's feeding off of that? Yeah. Um, and like I don't know. I feel like it's just that abstract depression or anxiety that's really feeding off of that. And it's so sad to see how many people are unawakened to that to that understanding to that realization because they're just they're living in hell. Yeah. They're, they're just living in those painful thought patterns. That something is feeding off of something within them. And it's weird too, like you think about like rising kind of societies, right? We're talking about like land. and like mm-hmm. didn't like so. I don't really know much about it, mm-hmm. and I should be looking more into it. Me neither. So whatever you say so, will be truth to me. <laughs> I understand that there's certain themes that you can see in civilization when they incorporate these themes. Mm-hmm. Like civilization, civilization starts to go downhill. Yeah. When you start to focus on being entertained rather than than interacting with things and providing value to shit. Oh. That's when that's when shit starts to fall. Like Rome, they were like having gladiator games, right? That was their mm-hmm. version of disassociation mm-hmm. or in- entertainment. They started like promoting in in, in like chefs, famous chefs mm-hmm. and artists. Like that was the thing. Well, look at here, look at all this shit that we're doing. Yeah. So cool. Uh, however, when you direct, divert people's attention, you're not able to see everything that's actually going on. Yes. That's when you go to a magic show. People are just diverting your attention. Yep. Everything is existing. It's, 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 it's uh, systematic. Mm-hmm. And it's just directing your attention to certain things so that you can then do something to provide a certain illusion, right? As a form of entertainment. Yeah. And so... And distraction. Maybe that's what we do. The greater consciousness, mm-hmm. right? Like this mass, this mass consciousness. Maybe that's what it does, dude. It starts to distract itself by starting to reflect on the good things about itself. Yeah. And when it starts to reflect on the good things about itself, it, it, it's no longer working, and it stagnates, and then it dies. Interesting, you know, because so if like, its purpose was to elevate those good things, and then it just starts to sit and reflect on those good things, then it has no way of actually growing. Yes. And so, like, think about what is happening currently in the United States. Entertainment. Uh, Gallivanting chefs around. Mm-hmm. We're talking about how good things, we're reflecting on the good aspects of what we are without bringing in new ideas of value. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, well, and, like, this is the longest-lasting constitution, man. 
I think we might see some crazy shit in our life. Oh, a hundred percent. And I think right now, I think it's it is the time to start taking action. Mm-hmm. So the best thing that we could possibly do is doing what we're doing right now. Oh, I love that. Being able to communicate, putting that online, showing people different modes of pattern recognition, mm-hmm. and if they vibe with that, they do. If they don't, they don't, and that's okay. Yeah. However, all we can do is ourselves. The only thing we have control over is what we personally do. And when you live by a value, when you live under a value framework, you start to see better results in your life over multiple relationships, and it serves you well. Mm-hmm. And so, like, all we can do is embody that and show other people those things. Because, like, maybe some people don't even have those thoughts of, like, being on their radar. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're not even picking those up. And so, like, just being, such a reactive being state, an example, can. you can help tune people into different modes of consciousness. I agree. Um, Go thank, I think um, I, I really uh, I liked what you said about just kind of like this uh, sort of obsession with entertainment and distraction because I think people don't realize that uh, our culture has really forced them into that where it's just avoid, like avoid pain, seek distraction, seek this like soothing of entertainment and stuff so that they don't really have to um, understand what they truly value in their lives. They don't have to to work to find out what they value and how to bring those values or to manifest those values because pretty much all they have to do is avoid pain, seek pleasure, yeah. and that sort of externalizes everything for them yeah. and binds them. I think, um, and I, I like I like what we're doing here. I think I think if uh, if I seek every day to just kind of help someone gain a little more autonomy even if it's just from the incessant nagging of their their hurtful mind yeah. like that's a win for me and i and i think and where my spiel will always end up is i think our system should emulate that i think our system should seek to help people awaken and help people find autonomy rather than imprisoning them in a cycle of avoiding pain seeking pleasure yeah it's it's so true. I uh, yes. And like luckily there's like if we just understood the power that we have, we could change the system. Yeah. If we 100%. willingly if we willingly like looked into the laws mm-hmm. and like actually gave a shit yeah. about what was going on. Exactly. And we weren't if and if we approached it from manners of abstract thinking mm-hmm. and also uh, a fact of cooperation. Oh yeah. Like if you're a Democrat and you can't talk to a Republican, you're a fucking idiot. 100%. If you're a Republican, you 100%. can't talk to a Democrat, you're a fucking idiot. Oh, 100%. Like, <laughs> like 100%. people don't understand that, like, you can't play on teams and be tribal when you're all part of one team. Oh, that's the, that's the We're fucking... We're part of a team. Like, we need to understand that, like, I, I, I honestly believe that most people, they fall in line somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. I think most people are conscious and they see what's happening on both ends. Mm-hmm. And they're like, this doesn't feel right. Yeah. It doesn't feel right. right? I agree. Like, with how radical people are on like certain sides, like it doesn't feel right to me. And so like it's perfect ammunition mm-hmm. for people on the opposite end being blue team, being red team, mm-hmm. to then use that to fight the other side. Yeah. Where it has nothing to do with that. Like people don't understand that like, if, if people were really that fucked up, mm-hmm. there'd be a lot more fucked up shit happening in our world. All the time. All the time. Mm-hmm. Like, that must mean that people are generally good. Yeah. Generally good and willing to cooperate. I, I agree. Uh, we Like, 
because um, a lot of times when uh, we sort of, or I sort of like talk to people about the way the state of the world and like the systems that we have right now, and I'm like wondering why are why is there so much tribalism and, and inward fighting? And it's like, oh, that's just natural. And it's like, well, yeah, but so is our ability to cooperate and our ability to love. So what one are we going to nourish? What what aspects of ourselves do we want to nourish, and what do we want to see from each other? Um, and I, I totally agree with that because really whenever like really radical crazy shit happens, it's because there was this microcosm just like festering and bubbling. And if they just had some sort of love, if they had some sort of interaction and connection with someone that was, was thinking differently from them, it would it would just fizzle out. Because I think their deeper the deeper aspects of their nature for cooperation and love yeah. would have to ha- would just override. You know, as humans, we're such social creatures. I think that that is such an important um, aspect of ourselves that can be um, nourished and, uh, you know, catered to rather than, um, you know, saying something and uh, getting hurt by it and then just wanting to be divisive and and no longer cooperative. I agree with that. And like. You were also talking about you were also talking about like uh, tribalism, right? Like, yeah. Team team red, team blue, and like oh, this is just human nature. Like this is what mm-hmm. happens, bro. Yeah. But we we need to understand that like everything that we do, even the tools that we have, it's just based off. They're just useful to us in the moment, mm-hmm. so that we can engage with our environment for the best possible outcome yep. in this short linear experience. Yep. And if we understood that being tribal was a tool that we had to use to exist in this space. Mm-hmm. And in the midst of that, so like our brain, we were tribal creatures before our brain tripled. Mm-hmm. Before the belief in fictitious ideas. Mm-hmm. And so like tribalism was a tool for us to just exist in this space with other living things. Because wow. not every single homo sapien could band together. Mm-hmm. Like... They had to be in tribes. Our, our brain couldn't handle it, for exactly. one thing. And so, like, we're still getting biological signals mm-hmm. from other people being, like, they're not part of our tribe. Yeah. Like, so, like, they're the opposites. They're mm-hmm. the outcasts. Like, yeah. those, they're, they're, they're different the than we are. Mm-hmm. They are the enemy, and, they, and you had to think that way uh, in certain situations in the past. Or you need to at least be aware that that could be a potential danger uh, yeah, exactly. to interact with. Because, like, if you, were just, if you were just ignorant to that... There could be a lot of bad things that happen to you. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is crazy. And so, like, it's weird to think that, like, tribalism was a tool that we used to just exist. Yes. But now we, we, we can believe in fiction. We have the tools to transcend that. We have the tools to transcend that, that like, mind state. And so, like, it would be nice if we could all look around us. We're all using, like, the same technology. Mm-hmm. Like, we all, we all, like, it would just be nice to know that we're just all a part of Team Planet Earth. Right? We're all, we're all part of this. Like, if, if we just had that be our, our guide, being like, dude, everyone is the fucking same. It doesn't matter what your pigment of your mm-hmm. skin is. Look at our biology. We're 99.9% the fucking same. Yeah. And it's like, if, if the bottom line is, the only reason you see me as an other and hate me is because you fear for your existence and want to exist, and then you just realize, hey, I'm the same way. Yeah. I also want – I'm also fearing for my existence and want to maintain my existence. Yes. Then we can actually establish cooperation. Yes. <laughs> when you eliminate like people and you put them in boxes, mm-hmm. you, you, you forcibly put them in situations where you're, 
not allowing cooperation. Yeah, exactly, because you won't cooperate with them. You won't. You're just like, nope. Like, are you a Trump supporter? Fuck you. I'm not listening to you. I'm dismissing everything you say. You do not understand the dangers of what you're doing. Yeah. You don't understand the dangers of what you're doing. What if? What if Trump was uh, the next Hitler? See, he started putting people in internment camps. Mm -hmm. Like, fucking started doing crazy stuff. And, like, what, what, what then to that Trump supporter? The Trump supporters obviously don't, like, people are just people. They mm-hmm. don't want to see people, like, be, like, like, we've seen genocide in history, and yeah. we're not about that. Like, I, I would say it's probably safe to assume, it's definitely safe to assume that the majority of the population believe that. Yeah, otherwise we'd be having Holocaust. <laughs> and, like, the people that do believe those kind of things. Like those people are just crazy hurt people, and they need to like sort themselves out. Yeah, and, and we like, need to, or we need to uh, cultivate an environment and a culture that will heal them. Yeah, and we need to create a culture and environment that just create, that makes us strong. Yeah, like it's it, like you should not be afraid of other people's ideas. No, <laughs> like you yeah. should be. You should be grateful that there's flat earthers out there, bro, because <laughs> they give you the contrast in life to be like. Yeah, man, what I believe is true. And, yeah. like, and, like, my belief is a strong belief, and it's a belief that exists. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's good that people have terrible ideas. We should be we should be forced to, we shouldn't censor people ever. I agree. But what we should do is we should give people the, the tools that they need to, to see deception. To yep. see where pe- like thought patterns that are not going to serve you well mm-hmm. over long periods of time. Because, like, if we're not teaching ourselves these tools, we're not teaching ourselves to, like, look out for certain things that could potentially be dangerous. We're doomed to repeat ourselves in history. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. I love that. You know, Joe Rogan always says, he's like, the only way to combat bad speech is with good speech. Yes. Don't censor people because that's just going to put them into a place where they can let that bad speech fester and cause these microcosms of, you know, bad thoughts that are, or ideas that are culminating into something very dangerous. Yeah. Instead, if we, like you said, tra- or helping people understand deception, helping under pe- people understand thought patterns that don't serve them. Like, someone who's a flat earther and is like, like will die on the hill that the earth is flat, How? what is that belief really doing for them? Is it actually helping them lead a fulfilling life? Or are they sort of clinging to it because they have to believe that... Um, they're, they're this arbiter of truth and that it's their duty to relay this truth to everybody. Does yeah. that make sense? That makes sense. And I think that, like, I think that people are just simple biological computers and we want to know what's known. Yeah. And so, like, if like if you're in an environment where things are flat as fuck, that's your whole existence. Yep. Everyone around you has experienced those same things because they don't want to move out of the mm-hmm. state because it's scary unknown territory. Yep. And you're influenced by these people, and they're saying these things, and, and like you just want things to be known to you, because, so you don't feel so afraid. Yeah. Right. And so like, and, and like, it, it makes sense why you just subscribe to an idea because you just want it to be known. Because once mm-hmm. it's known, then you've solved it, right? Yeah. But you have the answers, like mm-hmm. it's known. Yeah. But people don't understand that everything, nothing's known. Yeah. Nothing's truly known. Mm-hmm. Like we can observe things, and there's like scientific laws, and there's like, and we can have agreements. Yeah. Exactly. But, like, nothing is, like, truly, truly known. Like, mm-hmm. just, like, the, like because everything is known through symbols. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's really known is just standing here. Mm-hmm. This experience. Hearing that water, feeling this experience, looking at the clouds. Like, this is known. Mm-hmm. This is the only thing that's, like, 
really exists. Mm-hmm. Everything else exists in a different space. It's not the physical space that we can mm-hmm. observe. It exists, though. Of symbols and ideas. But it, they, they, they exist in symbols. And so, like, mm. that tree, what we call a tree, is going to be a different name in a different language. Yeah. It's not inherently a tree. It's inherently something different. Yeah. It's inherently that thing. Oh. We identify with as a tree mm-hmm. so that we can make it known in our experience. Yeah, dude. I think um, Terrence McKenna will talk about, like, um, ideology. Um, and I think it, it, it ties into that, that aspect of having to have something that is known. And he says that we should abandon ideology because the problem with ideology is that it's sort of this overarching like knowledge that you all of a sudden have to subscribe all of your experience to rather than um, allowing yourself to intake, you know, uh, take in new information and learn something new. And then that becomes fixed. Yeah, it does. It stagnates. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. He, he, he says, uh, he says, I don't even know why they issued a brain if you have an ideology because apparently everything's known already. Why, Uh, why are you even trying to learn? Because obviously you know everything, so just yeah. humpy door, hunky door, you know, be on your way. So um, I, I think that's kind of that's something that we really have to do as a society because I think that's one of the things we need to not be afraid of beliefs because our beliefs can change. Yeah, you know. And so I think if we uh, allow and afford that to other people instead of saying like your ideas aren't going to change, so I'm not even going to bother. I'm just going to alienate you and silence you and hope that you go away. Yeah, bro. People didn't think the internet exists. What are you like typing in your fuck on your keyboard angrily at me because I have this idea? Like, yeah. dude, people didn't think the internet was gonna be a thing. Yeah. And, like, yet it's like it's earth shattering and every single person on the planet uses it pretty much. Yeah, dude. Like not every single person. Yeah, yeah, but, but it's most, most, you know what I'm saying. It's very it's massive. It was disruptive to a point where like people couldn't even comprehend it. Mm-hmm. And like that change is happening, like, right now, too, with, like, blockchain mm-hmm. technology, mm-hmm. like, automation. Like, people are like, oh, yeah, that's just never going to work. And, like, dude, it's you working. are so trapped in the way that you think right now that, like, it's crazy. Like, do you not understand that even money is was just an idea that people used to, like, receive certain things? We used to trade stones. Yeah, Like, dude. there was, like, I think there was a story about, like, these ships that they, like, they carry these huge boulders. And these boulders had worth. Like, the, like, a big boulder was worth a certain amount. It was just a big rock. It was just a big rock. <laughs> because, like, it doesn't matter what it is. It can be paper money or a big fucking boulder, bro. Like It's all, all the it agreement is, that we it's have. It's an agreement that we're like, this has value. And we're all going to agree that this has value. And, like, that's what it is. And mm-hmm. so, like, these ships carrying these big boulders uh, ended up, like, sinking in the ocean. But they could account how many boulders were on that ship. And then they still use that as currency. Because they're like, yo, bro, like, there is boulders in this ocean. Like, I don't even need to know that there's boulders, but I know that these boulders are on my ship, and I know that that's what I have value over. And, like, you've agreed that these boulders have, have value. value. so you need to reimburse me for that value with yeah. something that actually is valuable. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. It's weird. It's, it's, it's odd that, like, oh. we exist in a space where, like, we're constantly interacting with symbols and physical reality. You know, like it, we we have to incorporate all of that into our mm-hmm. interpretation of experience here. Damn, dude, this is weird. that is weird. Yeah, I you know I was really blown away the first time that I heard an idea of like, yeah, did you know that there could be societies without money? It's like what? Like, how? It's impossible. But it's like, oh wait, money isn't like even real. Yeah, the value we ascribe to it is 
completely arbitrary yeah. and, and uh it's, it just blew my mind it's like and like you don't know what you don't know you don't know what you don't know you don't know what you don't know so like you're never given an opportunity to see contrast in things or like to see contrast in ideas like everything is fixed mm-hmm. because it's not damn dude